First Peter chapter 4 for our second and last installment on this series of the persecution to come. And if you'd stand with me one more time, I won't ask you to stand again. Um, if you can't stand, that's all right. No pressure. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter four twelve through 19. I'll be reading out of the King James Version this morning. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That, why? That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. For if you're reproached for the name of Christ, Happy are you, blessed are you, to be envied are you. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if you suffer as a Christian, that means little Christ, Christ follower. If you suffer for being identified with him, do not be ashamed But glorify God for this opportunity. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where are the ungodly and the sinner going to appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You may be seated this morning. I am limiting a lot of the perspective of this message, not the scriptural truth. The scriptural truth is applicable to every person in every age and every dispensation in every part of the world. But speaking to our Western world, our government, our nation, not only is sentiment changing against the church, the body of Christ, there's a a fury boiling underneath the surface where it won't be just discontent with, it will become more vocal. Uh, Persecution will be not only more visible, it will be more intense, and it will be celebrated. It will be the thing to do. Not only the hate of the Jew, which is worldwide, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, when I was growing up, was esteemed and, and recognized, and that was what good people did. And by church, I mean not just the body of believers, but the gathering together as well, local fellowships. You can tell by the signs of where we stand politically, where our leaders stand, the silence of our churches, the duplicity in our churches that this pressure is coming to bear. And in the same way, recently, one of our elected officials who seemed to be on every account a good person, the pressure come to bear. And the Bible says it's like people that did not have deep enough roots. And when persecution arises, because they did not have root within themselves, they wither and fall away. 
And I feel as a shepherd to prepare you. And it's not a fear mongering. It's not a, an alarmist or fatalist. But if you see a punch coming, you can move out of the way just a little bit. Be prepared to be forewarned. And it's a, it's a difficult thing, but it's going to be a wonderful opportunity for us to gain merit for the Lord, not only in this life, but in the one to come. Last week was part one. I'm not going to labor over all the points. I'll just read this to you. I wrote that the persecution, it's going to find you. Just as it found the Lord before you, it's going to find you. It's promised. It's going to find you because of your light. It's going to find you because of your stand. It's going to find you because of your voice. You remember Paul said, you shouldn't have your brother's wife. And the king was mad at him. For the things we say, the persecution will come. And because of your fragrance, we are a fragrance unto those who are saved as a fragrance unto life. And to those who are perishing, a fragrance of death. Persecution is going to find you. Well, most believers aren't persecuted. Well, Scripture says if you live godly in Christ Jesus, you'll suffer persecution. Godly does not mean weird. The Greek for godly does not mean weird. Or being a busybody in other people's affairs or trying to appear hyper-spiritual or deep. But if you live truly and rightly, religion or having a belief system does not garner persecution. But when you fully and exclusively identify yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ as not only a way, but the way. Not only as a truth, but the truth. Not only as a way to life, but the life. Persecution comes because Jesus said, if the world hated me, don't be surprised that it's going to hate you. It's the identification with Christ, not what we believe about a God system, but our identification with Christ that brings the hatred out. Secondly, I told you it's going to reveal you. It's going to reveal your identity, your roots, your origin, your source, your strength, your commitment, and your priorities. Persecution will reveal very clearly your priorities. Do you care more for the opinions of people than the opinion of God? Do you care more about acceptance from the world than you do acceptance in God? Do you, which matters more to you? The hotter the flame, the truer the revealing happens. And it be, will be revealed. All right, number three today. If you're taking notes, and I trust you are, we always bring something to write with the church. It's not important to get Pastor John's notes. What's important is if the Lord speaks to you, that is important enough to write down. And you will be tested on the things the Lord speaks to you, just like I am. Number three, the persecution to come is going to cost you. In a very, very small way, persecution can be just someone not inviting you to lunch. You know, some of you go to work and all five of them go to margaritas and not just have Mexican food, but margaritas, and they don't invite you because you're the Christian. And that you can say, well, that's persecution. Well, no, the, the feeling towards you might be, but that's just not inviting you to lunch. But across the world, there's true cost being paid every hour of every day. They risk the lives of their children coming to God's house or coming to a place of fellowship to worship. First of all, it's going to cost you relationally. Matthew 10, speaking more about the Jew and the end times, but it's also applicable. God's word is deeper. It has a primary meeting, but God can layer truth in this and this Principle of persecution is true as well. Brother will deliver brother up to death. Father the child. And the children will rise up against their parents. 
and cause them to be put to death. And you'll be hated of all men for my namesake. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. In the believer, it can cost you relationally because Jesus said, don't think I've come to bring peace, but I've come to bring a sword. Right down the middle of your family. You know if you turn your light down, you and your daddy can be closer. You turn your light down, you and your mama can be closer. You stop talking about God or the things of God. But to stand even meekly but firmly aligned with Christ cost us relationships, siblings that we're not close to because of our stand. Uh, relationships where a husband would leave the wife and the wife would leave the husband and said, you're just going overboard with this Jesus thing. People have lost their home, their marriages, their, their family unit was divided and their children were raised in broken homes because they would not denounce the Lord. It's going to cost you relationally. How can two walk together unless they agree? I can't walk with you unless you're walking towards God. I can't, I can be your friend. Jesus was the friend of sinners, but we can't have friendship. See, that's where the world is confused. We have to look like them, dress like them, uh, sing like them, go where they go, listen to what they, Now, they don't do that to be like us. And they say, well, Jesus was the friend of sinners. Jesus didn't change how he looked to fit in. Here's the thing you need to remember. Jesus was their friend, but they weren't Jesus' friend. He was the friend of sinners. And the, the, the downtrodden and those that needed a physician, he helped, but generally he was rejected. They looked for ways to crucify him and push him over a hill and to, to bring him to death. What are you going to do when it gets worse and the spirit of this world is turned up and your wife says, Jesus or me, or a family member? And you say, well, Brother John, that's already happened. Well, the spirit of this world, the world is under the spirit of the wicked one now. But you have to understand that you're going to have to say goodbye to some people. When I, when Kelly and I swapped rings and we made vows unto God, there was a public goodbye to every other interest. What if Kelly said, you know, uh, you know, I just, I got this other guy and it's only about twice a year. It's not a big deal. He's not that important, but I just, you know, about twice a year, I'd really like to go out of town and see him just for a weekend or so. And then I'm yours, 363 days a year. You're like, what? First of all, I'm going to pay him a visit. You ain't never lived till a weeper, uh, preacher whipped you. You ain't never lived. Uh, you say, well, no, it can't be. Relationally, it means one Saying yes to one at an intimate level means no to everyone else. And I can only have one Lord. It's just one Lord. And if you don't want him, then you don't want me. That doesn't mean I'm above you or I'm sitting in judgment of you. It said, mean you can't share anything in common. You don't love my wife or my babies. We're not going to supper. We don't have anything in common. It's going to cost you financially. Hebrews 10 says... For you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Let me tell you what's coming. If Jesus tarries, mark it down. Just mark it down. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a son of a prophet. But Jesus even said, you can look in the sky and tell when it's going to rain. Can't you read the times? The tax benefit for the churches is soon gone. I am praying if I'm going to drop our 501c3 before we even do it. 
before they even uh, don't offer the tax write-off. And there are many churches, that's just going to cripple them financially. If I don't get a tax break, then I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to give. I'm telling you now, I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to preach about it. I'm not going to manipulate you about it. But I do know that living rightly, you see, what you may not realize is one of the reasons the government granted years ago a tax write-off to the churches is so that it could have ins- input and say in what the churches preached or said or did politically. So very soon, we're not, they're going to present, you know, if you just tax the, tax the churches, all this money will come into uh, good things, social needs, education, uh, uh, hospital care, and all this other stuff. But it's going to cost you financially to serve the Lord, not just in your giving, but when this culture becomes fever pitch, you'll not only not be granted any opportunities, you'll be uh, let go for different reasons. It's going to cost you to stand. They'll know. There'll be somebody in a room that says, I can't stand them. I know they're a believer. They're a believer. They're just religious. And we've got, we got to understand the cost going in. Persecution cost. If it didn't cost you, it's not persecution. It's going to cost us relationally, financially, Emotionally, 2 Corinthians 7, Paul said to the church at Corinth, when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings and within were, it were our fears. The mental dialogue of yourself where the devil tells you all you have to do is tone it down. All you have to do is be quiet. All you have to do is not stand up or stand out. You know, let us blaspheme his name. You say nothing. There's an emotional toll that takes place for those that are silent. And there's an emotional toll that takes place for those that speak up. It costs you to stand up to someone. It may cost you physically. It said, and when they called the disciples, the apostles, they beat them and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. In the days to come in our nation, if Jesus tarries, you will be mistreated, misunderstood, maligned and mocked publicly and privately. You'll be falsely accused, alienated, opposed, and attacked. This world will hate you, vilify you, curse your freedom, and laugh at your faith. And the key to overcoming persecution is to make an educated decision beforehand what it is you will do and how it is you will respond. Luke 14 says it this way. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough and is willing to complete it? Otherwise, when you lay a foundation and are not able to finish, all who look on will begin to mock you saying, look, they began to build and didn't finish. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. What does he mean? Just give away your house, your cars? No, 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 not at all. Here's what he means. Paul said uh, that he had uh, counted all things but loss. So he did math before anything was lost. I count it. I reckon it. it, Reckon is an accounting term. I put it in the ledger and I've already written it all off. I count all things but loss, but the excellency of knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For whom I've suffered the loss of all things. What was he saying? He said, you won't suffer the loss of all things till you count them already gone in your heart. Blessed to have the house we have. Blessed to have the cars we have. Blessed to have the health care. Blessed, blessed. But my 
Commitment to Christ is not for sale based upon you continuing those blessings. Is there any part of you for sale? There will be Christians that turn their back upon the Lord Jesus Christ in this last hour because they love their children more than they love Jesus. And it will cost their children financially, educationally, potentially physically. And what parent can go to jail and leave their kids for some faith? What part of you is for sale? If I know my heart, you know, our heart's deceitfully wicked above all things. I'd go to hell for my children. But I am not turning my back or quieting my voice. I'm not turning away from the Lord Jesus Christ to spare them discomfort. I, I can't. Because one is temporal and one is eternal. That's why. One is temporal and one is eternal. I may not get to all my notes and that's fine. But I remember 1987 maybe, Northside Assembly of God, I was hearing a missionary speak and a brand new believer. You know how you just, everything's new. He's soaking everything in. But he, he recounted the stories of where he served in this third world, fourth world, horrible pit. Like Kevin liked the place we said, just horrible, horrible. And he said, it's what he said, I wasn't there, but with the expression on his countenance, I believe him to be telling the truth. He said there was a minister there in the bush and it wasn't uncommon for especially foreign missionaries. They do it to their own as well, but to their own, they'll just throw acid on them when they're preaching or uh, they will go visit them at the house and put the blade to their children's throat and say, you know, pastor, you are done pastoring. In essence, you must denounce his name. He said, it happens all the time. Not every hour, but all the time. It's not uncommon. It's like someone had a car wreck or something. It's not uncommon. And he said that he witnessed a man and his wife and two children drugged to the bank of the river. And uh, they told the pastor, they put the blade to his throat and said, renounce his name, deny Jesus Christ. And he said, I cannot and I will not. And they said, if you do not deny his name, we're going to run this sword through your children and feed them to the alligators. And he said, his little nine, ten-year-old boy looked at him and said, see you in heaven, daddy. See you in heaven, buddy. They put a sword through that baby, threw him in the river, and he watched with his eyes alligators eat his children. Now, that's the far spectrum. And I'm not trying to give the shock effect, but you need to understand that for sale, for a job, or for sale for your children is the same thing. There can't be a higher devotion than the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to deny him to get accepted in your place of employment, your fraternity, your sorority, your school, your relationship. I'm not going to betray 
my ideals, my faith in the Lord for anything. And we're going to be tested. It doesn't mean we're sinless. When, when someone sins uh, by choice or rebellion, that's part of their fallen nature. There's no excuse for it, but that can be repented of. But the turning back and turning away, which means I value this more than you, you're going to be tested. And you will not produce in that moment anything different than who you are. You're not going to die for the Lord if you won't live for the Lord. I know this is kind of heavy, y'all. I'm not apologizing. It's just, it's the truth. And the persecution is going to cost us. It's going to separate you, number four. Persecution is going to separate you from those who are not true believers. And from those who are not fully devoted to Christ. Oh, everybody's a believer, just about. Everybody's a believer. I believe, I believe, and I've told you this a hundred times. The devil believes. The devil will walk right up and point to Jesus and say, that's the Messiah, that's the Lamb of God, the Holy One of Israel. But he's not saved. Many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, they use the term of lordship, not God, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name? Didn't we do many mighty wonderful works here? He said, I know you not. That's the issue. Relationship, not just being accepted and approved and engrafted, but mutual interaction of affection. It proves and the, and the commitment proves our identity in God. You'll be separated from those who profess Christianity and those who possess Christianity. And those who possess it, it is the paramount thing in their life. We can't love a husband or father or mother more in, in, the, in this life more than the Lord. And that's hard when you're a family man. When all you've ever been is a mama or grandma. That's, 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 that's it. There's nothing else. You understand if, the, if you love the Lord and are committed more to him than your wife and babies or your husband and your babies. He has nothing on you. He can't take anything from you. Nothing eternal can be lost. That little boy knew it at 10. Before my, before my body is disassembled, I will be absent in this body, present with the Lord. He told his dad his theology. Daddy, this is but for a moment. The sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the eternal glory that's ours. Forever will be in heaven. Forever. Don't, don't, don't sell your soul for a, a position in a company. Don't silence your voice just so you can have a promotion somewhere. And I don't mean you have to be arrogant or insolent. Insolent. Uh, insolent. Is that right? Yeah. Not insolent. Insolent. Yeah. But v- vocal. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I don't have to carry a banner, but don't ask me to turn my countenance down. Don't ask me to turn my music off and don't ask me to put my Bible up. Not going to do it. Not embarrassed. It's going to separate you from everything carnal, everything temporal, and everything worthless. Let me tell you what persecution will do. A very positive benefit to it. It helps you prioritize what's really valuable and what's not valuable. See, some of y'all don't know. In the natural realm. 
And I can prove it to you by when you try to put on a garage sale. You get all this junk out and you go, oh, can't get rid of that. Oh, can't get rid of that. You, you don't know what's worthless. And, and I can prove it to you because you think it's worth this and you got the price tag on it and they offer you a nickel for it. And you think this clock with no hour hand is priceless. <laughs> or the clock that doesn't work, you know. And then they go, well, it doesn't even work. And you say, well, it's right at least twice a day. You know, so. Let me tell you what persecution will do. When you lose a job, what causes you to lose a house makes you think about your house in heaven that's being prepared for you. It shows you what's more important here. I think I'd rather have an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God than an abundant entrance into my employment. Um, it makes you, it separates you from carnal things. You know, everything you have rust and falls apart. The nicest beach home, check with it in about seven years, everything that can be rusted shall be rusted. That car you have that's warranted for 100,000 miles, it may look like Beirut in three years. But in heaven, no thief, no moth, no rust, no corruption. Persecution makes you decide what's important. And you need to understand this. Everything in your life but the eternal work of God in your heart stays here. You can lose nothing eternal. Well, what about the relationship? What about the little boy you said? Will we know each other in heaven? Absolutely. We'll be known as we've been known. People say, well, I know my son. Well, of course you will. But it's not like here. This is your pastor's opinion and understanding of Scripture, or his opinion based on his understanding of Scripture. If I'm known as I've been known, I'll know that that's my grandma, that's my wife, and I'll know my babies. But Christ will be so resplendent and bright that his glory will eclipse the relationship. His glory will eclipse it to where, yeah, you're my wife, but Jesus. You see, we'll remember, but that little boy won't be, daddy, daddy, daddy. It'll be Jesus. And remembering that this is my father. But there's the Lord. It's going to separate you from everything left over from your old life. Number five, it's going to refine you. R-E-F-I-N-E, it's going to refine you. Persecution is one of the ways the Lord uses to purify us. It's going to refine you personally. It's going to refine you, purify you painfully. You don't refine something by fire and it not hurt. The Lord's going to refine you systematically, deeply, profoundly, and powerfully. You do understand that every act of persecution, every act of malignment, misunderstanding, misquoting, mistreatment, everything is either planned or allowed by the Lord. Planned or allowed. So this purifying, this refiner's fire, this attack, this venom, this rage, he will cause the wrath of man to glorify him. God will take the wrath of man to reveal what's left. See, when everything burns up, what's left is eternal. 
And it's going to reveal the identity. And the whole world will line up and say, you are not one. And nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure the Lord knows who are his. He said, oh, he is one. Persecution separates and it reveals and it refines you. It boils you down to what's really important. I heard it said by someone wiser than me that said, if, if you have a problem that you can solve with a check, you don't have a problem. And persecution, or if a man has a, you know, you have a man that was just kind of self-centered and selfish. I've seen it many times. And then have a massive heart attack and live. Then all of a sudden, all his toys that he had meant nothing. It didn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. But he saw value. And he couldn't have cared less about his boats or his hunting or his fishing or whatever. And it's not that that's wrong. He just wanted to see his little boy. Now, if he took his boy doing those things, that's another thing. But his priority value system shifted and became accurate. Persecution will do that for you. What's important? What's important is how the Lord views me and what he says about me when I get home. He's either going to say, well done or not well done. Good or not good. Faithful or unfaithful. And if you are embarrassed of him, the Bible said he'll be embarrassed of you. And if we deny him, he will deny us. So then the reverse must be true. So if we joyfully take the spoiling of our goods, the disassociation of those in this world, our friends walk away. If we joyfully take that, then we'll also be joyful in his presence when he reminds us of how we valued him above all else. And finally, number six, the persecution to come is going to bless you. going to bless you. Brother John, how, how will persecution bless me? Well, it's going to mature you. First Peter 5, 10 and 11. But the God of all grace, who's called you unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, is going to make you perfect, which means mature, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Persecution has a way of solidifying your concrete. After everything's mixed together, when you've crossed over and said, nothing exempt, it's all the Lord's, there becomes a stiffening in your soul that says, I will not go back. I'll be more vocal. I'm not ashamed, embarrassed. I will stand. It does, it, a mature person understands the value of something. You know, your kid's first birthday party and you've bought them the most expensive Fisher Price toys that have ever been sold you know, $219 for something that tells them their name and interacts with them and you put an electrode on their finger and they know who they are and you just, and the kid sits in the floor with the paper goes, <laughs> and doesn't even see the toy and somebody else brought wooden blocks, you know, the little round thing with the rings, the little rings and they slip it on and he goes crazy over that and you go, we could have saved $230 just buying them this right here. Well, for the believer... Maturity understands what's valuable. And what's valuable here is not, what's valuable is not the praise of men, but the praise of God. And while you fight for the paper and the bubble wrap, the world fights for the paper and bubble wrap, we want the prize. We want the knowledge of him, the excellency of him, the eternal reward that comes. I'll get to that in a moment. It's going to bless you by displaying you. 
Ben, if you would come on up, please. Matthew 5, 14, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. You do know the Lord is going to set you up. He is going to maneuver. He is going to do it because it's in this last age, the persecution is going to be turned up. There has to be a spirit of lawlessness for the Antichrist, the world figure, the geopolitical figure to come on the scene and ride. He's not going to create. He's going to come in and sit upon an attitude system that's already there. It's going to already be in place. So how will the Lord strategically bring glory to himself in your life? He's going to display you so that your stand cannot be missed. City set on a hill cannot be hid. And it's going to feel like that the Lord has put this bullseye on you. Because he did. So that you might go outside of the camp bearing his reproach and suffer with and for the Lord. You're going to be put on display for all to see. It's going to bless you by increasing you. Mark 10, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, there's no man that left house or brothers or sisters or father, mother, wife, children or lands for my sake in the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold in this time and in the one to come eternal life. But it says this, he shall receive a hundredfold in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children's lands with persecutions. Just tucked away in there. Whatever you give up for the Lord, it's going to be with persecution. That's the avenue by which it comes. He said, and the one to come, eternal life. God keeps accurate books. He's going to bless you by his residing presence. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, 1 Peter 4, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and God resteth on you. Some of us with Pentecostal charismatic backgrounds, we were taught, you know, by what we saw that, you know, the highlight was some evangelist to put his hands on you and shake you or simonize you or, you know, something that had come from under his hand. I'll tell you where the abiding glory comes from, persecution. He said, those that take it patiently, let them say what they're going to say and do what they're going to do. I'm just grateful that you account me worthy for them to, that I'm enough of you and like you that they know. There's an abiding glory that sits upon that Christian that's separate from salvation, separate from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a glory connected with suffering, persecution. It's going to bless you by liberating you freeing you. Here's what Paul said in Acts. Just two more and we'll be done. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen, except that the Holy Ghost has told me that in every city that I go into, bonds and afflictions are waiting for me. But none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of, uh, or the grace of God. The blessing of persecution is that it frees you. Once you're all in, they can't do anything to you. Paul, 
we'll put you in prison. I said, would you? Would you put me back at Philippi? I just about won the jailer the last time I was there. Do you, would you do that? We'll kill you. Oh, please. I've been having the struggle whether to stay here, which is better for the church, or to be home with the Lord. So if you knock me off, you'll just solve the whole problem. Go for it. Take me out. What do you do with the Apostle Paul? Absolutely nothing. Because he's free. If I've lost everything, and you threaten to take something, and I own nothing, I am free. doesn't mean I won't have emotion in it. It means that I'm free. I'm free to follow him, not bound. We know what bound to narcotics looks like. We know what bound to perversion looks like. But the Christians have forgot what, forgotten what bound to this world looks like. Like nothing is, nothing, none of this is mine. None of, it's, none of it's mine. And finally, it's going to bless you by rewarding you. Luke 6 primarily written to the Jews, but not exclusively. Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they'll separate you from their company and they'll reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Rejoice. Not just take it. Rejoice and leap for joy because your reward will be great in heaven. For in like manner did they do so to the prophets. There is a spiritual experience that's coming for the church in the West. If the Lord tarries, where we are going to have an opportunity to be spoiled. By that I mean robbed, taken from, loss, alienation, misinterpretation, maligned, mocked, ridiculed. And if your knowledge of the scripture is concrete enough and the spirit of God abides in you authentically enough, you will see the heavenly reward more clearly than the earthly lost and it will tickle you. That doesn't mean you're not going to feel it. You go, oh, what if it's just reciprocal? What if the most important thing in my life is lost here than something that I have not imagined? Because that's the most important. has to be awaiting there. And that's the clarity that comes in persecution. It doesn't come now. See, when I preach my best on this, it's like turning magnets backwards. I can't quite get it there. It's like preaching on uh, dying grace. You don't have that grace till you're dying. <laughs> you know, the trusting the Lord is one thing, but trusting him with that new baby that you've held for the first time, it's a different level of trust. And when persecution comes and it all comes back to you and it's clear and you go, Lord, thank you that I was accounted worthy to be overlooked for that promotion, for your name. And there's that, the flesh is going, What's up with this? And the Spirit says, glory, glory. I trust that this word will make its way into your heart. Can it? Seal it? You'll need to open it in a few days and pull it back out and rehearse it. But don't. This is the final thing. It's most important. The Bible says to be afraid of nothing. Don't, don't let, no, nothing. 
Be anxious for nothing. Your confidence is the evident token of hell's loss. It says, cast not therefore away your confidence. It has great reward, great recompense of the reward. You'll be good. You'll be good. I know the majority of people in this building love the Lord Jesus. And you've shown it through faithfulness. Prepare to show it through persecution. And the same glory that follows, in the same way, the glory that follows the day in, day out, faithfulness, mundane, separation from the world, there's a new opportunity. And it's, it's as different as a G chord and a C chord. It's not going to feel the same, but it will be kind of the same. You'll go, oh, this is another chance to show that I am a child of God through persecution. Don't pull back. Don't take back. I asked Ben to sing this for us this morning, and I want us to join. And I'm not trying to draw separation. And the best way I know to do this then is I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and no one look around. But if it's in your heart, as Ben leads us in this song, I want you to tell him with your physical body publicly, I am willing and I am ready. I will not turn my back on you, O Lord. If that's you in a moment, I want you to stand and worship during this song. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or
church family would you look this way before we pray and go home I know this is a simple statement but it's true it's true for everyone that would rather have Jesus they have Jesus Jesus Emmanuel God with us Jesus the author and finisher of our faith Jesus the king of kings and the lord of lords Jesus The one that was, the one that is, and the one that shall be. Jesus. Don't forget corporate prayer tonight at 5 p.m. Pray for our government, our our leaders. Pray for the church. uh, that, That our government and leaders would have character and courage. That our that our church would have discernment. And know the difference and to not be surprised. And um, I just bless you in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you with clarity in your thoughts, in your mind, your emotions. I bless you with heaven's perspective. And I bless you that you would have the strength in the moment to honor the Lord with all of your might body, soul, mind, strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day, guys. God bless you.